0: This is chapter 8. By way of review a little bit, you'll see on the board behind me that uh, some of the highlights from last week that we looked at. Basically, last week, the main, the main thing was that God remembered Noah. And you remember that we were talking about how that was the turning point of the story. God remembered Noah. You remember how I was talking about how we ended last week. But basically, that serves as an illustration for us as well. That when God remembered Noah, it's not remembering with mind, it's remembering with the hands. It shows that God's about to do something big. It shows that something big's about to happen, and it's going to involve God. is going to be doing some big stuff. And so God remembering Noah serves as an example. In our lives, it can serve as God remembering us. And that when God remembers us, it's not like he forgot us before, but it's that he's about to do something big in our lives. Moving on into this week, then. Genesis chapter 8, verse 4. Somebody mind reading verse 4?
1: And in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Steve. So here we have the ark coming to rest. Now, don't be tempted to think that the story is almost over. <laughs> as far as the flood goes, it's only about halfway. All right. This is going to be a full year before Noah ends up leaving the ark, before the animals end up leaving the ark. There's going to be a full year goes by. So here we have the midpoint where the ark comes to rest. The water is still very high, and we'll find that out next week as we look at some of the verses following this, where it takes months for the water to continue to recede enough for Noah to feel like it's time, and for God to call uh, Noah out of the ark, call his family out of the ark, and uh, to have the animals come out of the ark. So we're still a long way off from that point. But at this point, the ark actually comes to rest, all right? So the ark floating on the waters, the waters being very high now, ends up coming to rest on, where is it? What does it say there? Ararat. Yeah, on. on Ararat, right? So Mount Ararat is the obvious place where the ark is, <laughs> right? Isn't that what it says? Yes. I right read
1: the Ararat is a region, not
0: necessarily a mountain. Ooh, excellent. Bianca's pointing out that Ararat, she's read that Ararat is a region rather than a mountain. There is an idea that Ararat is associated with the region, the ancient kingdom of Urartu. Okay, Urartu. So you can see, I've got a map up there on the board, and we're going to be looking at this map a little bit. And so what you see up here, and I want to just, uh, over here you obviously see Egypt, Saudi Arabia. Here's Israel right here to get your bearings. Here's Syria, Iraq, and Iran. So Iraq here, Iran here, If you can't see the colors. Here's Turkey, okay? So Mount Ararat is right here, right where that push bin is. And as you can see where Mount Ararat is, that's real close to the borders of Turkey and Iran, and what used to be the Soviet Union, now it's Armenia and Georgia. So this is Mount Ararat, the kingdom that we're talking about, the Urartu kingdom. In Armenian, Ararat is Urartu. And so what they have here, let me use a color, the kingdom of Urartu. And so some would say, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be this one particular mountain. It can be any mountain in this area. And in fact, there are people who've studied this, spent their whole life studying this, some of which would say, it's any mountain in Asia. Okay, <laughs> my map's not big enough. All right, so what we're going to have to do is start looking at these a little bit at a time and trying to figure out what have we got to work with here and can we find the ark? Can we find Noah's Ark? Okay, so here's where the actual mountain is. Here's the region that Bianca mentioned. Okay, the ancient kingdom of Urartu. So Mount Ararat right there. One problem, though, according to this verse, is Mount Ararat the focus. It says mountains. Mountains. Plural. Ah, Bummer. (laughs) Don't you wish it would be easy enough to just pick one mountain? I mean, you would think if you could just focus on one mountain, it would make the job a whole lot easier. But here we have the actual wording is mountains, plural all right so this whole area is mountainous you've got mountains down through here you've got mountains over here no shortage of mountains mount ararat is a prominent mountain it's a snow covered mountain in fact there are two mountains close together there's mount ararat Error at 1 and error at 2. Here's just a typical picture of what it might look like. Snow covered almost all, well, snow covered all year. Some years, you know, it's warmer years and some of the snow recedes slightly. Those are very rare. That's one of the issues, too, is when people have gone to that actual Mount Ararat where that pushpin is, when they've gone to look, a lot of people have indicated that, you know what, there's just so much snow and ice up here. How are we going to be able to find anything? It's obviously been buried under a lot of snow and ice. Other people would say... Well, this mountain in particular is a volcano. (laughs) It's a volcano that last erupted in 1840. So some would say this volcano, in fact, this mountain, is newer than the days of the flood, that this mountain wasn't even there during the days of the flood. So some people would say we're looking in the wrong place. There's also commonly mudslides, avalanches, glacial movement, all right? So there's all kinds of things to get in the way of an easy search for Noah's Ark. But I will say that this mountain does have the most attention as far as searches for Nozark goes, all right? There have been lots of searches for Nozart through the centuries. There are writings that you can refer back to and look at of people's accounts of, yeah, I was there, I saw it, and these go back not just 100 years or 200 years. These go back even before the time of Christ. There are historians through the ages that have said you can still visit it. Oh, yeah, it's still over there. Oh, the people talk about it. Oh, I saw it. Oh, we climbed inside. Oh, we walked on the roof. Oh, we took pieces of it. Oh, those people destroyed it and took pieces of it for their things going on. So there's all kinds of attention and all kinds of things through history that talk about it. Let's look at some of these a little bit more in detail. All right, here's one that talks about the area of Urartu. The mountains of Ararat are located in the Lake Van region of eastern Turkey in the area of Armenia. So, again, by way of pointing out where we're at, here's Turkey, eastern Turkey, this is Armenia here. All of this being in that ancient kingdom. In the area of Armenia known as Urartu in Assyrian inscriptions, the range of mountains with the highest peak reaching 17,000 feet is also mentioned in 2 Kings 1937, Isaiah 37:38 and Jeremiah 51:27. Interestingly, when you look up some of those verses, for example, if you look up 2nd Kings 19:37 or Isaiah 37:38, in the King James version, it doesn't say Ararat. It actually says Armenia. The King James version is kind of alone in that regard. The other translations will have Ararat or the land of Ararat mentioned in their places. Regarding historical sightings and historical visits to the ark, One of the earliest ones is 475 BC. A Chaldean priest reported that the remains of Noah's Ark could be seen at the bottom of a mountain glacier. In 275 BC, a guy named Berossus, a Chaldean historian, said some of it still remains to this day, and some get pitch from the ship by scraping it off and use it for amulets to ward off evil. In 30 BC, the Egyptian historian Hieronymus, author of the ancient history of Phoenicia, indicated that you could still visit the ark. And then one of the more well-known ones that we know of is Josephus in the first century AD. Josephus ends up quoting those two guys, those previous two that I mentioned right there, and then adds his own thing, saying you can still visit the ark during the first century AD, that there was still the opportunity to go and to see it. In 50 A.D., also the same time as um, Josephus, another guy named Nicholas of Damascus, he was talking about you could go see the ark, you could still see it. 180 A.D., Theophilus of Antioch wrote, And of the ark, the remains are to this day to be seen in the Arabian mountains. So it goes on and on like this where people are talking about, by the year 1245 A.D., people had mentioned the ark 12 times, 12 different places that we know of that they were saying you could either still see it or still go to it in the year 1856 all right coming forward then i'm skipping over a whole lot of these in the year 1856 okay there's a story that takes place in 1952 where a guy writes an account of something he was told in 1916 all right and what he was told in 1916 was by a guy who was older relating an account when he was younger, back in 1856. And the story goes, when I was a kid, I went with my dad, and we went with three English scientists. They wanted to see the ark, and we knew where to find it. My dad knew where to find it. So we took these guys, the three English scientists, to see Noah's ark on Mount Ararat. The story goes that they get there, and the scientists are mad because they find in front of them this huge wooden boat on the top of a mountain. Surely it's Noah's ark. Apparently, they weren't scientists looking to confirm the Bible. They were scientists looking to debunk the Bible. So they get taken to Noah's Ark. They're so mad, they take an oath to kill anybody that spreads the story, and they want to destroy it. They try to burn it, and they're unsuccessful in trying to burn it. The guy that ends up saying this in the 1950s, he ends up, as he's writing his story, he ends up saying that one of the scientists that he had read, one of the scientists' obituaries that confirmed it, and that was what prompted him to write this. I don't know if I have those dates right. There's so many stories in my mind, I'm going to try to keep these, I'm to try to keep these straight. But basically, this story comes out, and it's not substantiated. Another one that ends up coming up, 1883. In 1883, apparently, the Turkish government ends up sending up a group in an expedition. They <coughs> reported that they found the Ark at 14,000 feet on Mount Ararat. 1908 and 1910, his story is that he actually walked along the roof of the Ark. So you've got lots of stories of the Ark being seen, and we're just getting started here. In 1916, a Russian aviator reporting seeing an object the size of a city block thought to be Noah's Ark. He reports his findings to his superiors. They end up sending 150 men to go search it out, and they find it, and they prepare a report. And the, the legend goes that they gave their report to Leon Trotsky, and then it was destroyed. Just... That's just one of them, all right? I'm not here to stand and tell you that that's true or not. I don't know. But it's something to consider. In 1933, there was an April Fool's article mentioning the finding of Noah's Ark. Why would I bring this up now? Because you'll find that there's a lot of this kind of stuff in the searches for Noah's Ark. So you kind of have to sift through what's real and what's not here. So 1933, an April Fool's story, well, it was presented as an April Fool's story, but somebody finds the story later on, and they think it's true, and then they're told, no, no, that's an April, that was an Inkle Fool story decades ago, 1933. And so the family apparently is holding on to it and still going with it as if it was the truth. Yes, yes? Did you go on Google Earth to see if you could find it? I haven't gone on Google mm-hmm. Earth yet, but satellite imagery does come up later on in this story. Oh. The pictures I have seen online, it's basically just a snow-covered mountain. <laughs> in fact, I should show you some of these pictures here. Here's a, here's a picture that was taken from somebody in an aircraft where they thought it might be Noah's Ark on the side of the mountain, sticking out, perhaps had slid down and broken off from the piece that's higher up. The arrow's kind of showing the direction of the that it would slide or the decline of that mountain. Another picture here, another aviator went and took this picture and indicated, yeah, I think there's something weird up there, maybe that's Hmm. Noah's Ark. Another picture here, same kind of thing. Somebody goes, hmm, isn't that the mountain where Noah's Ark's supposed to be found? hey, what's that over there? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So you end up having a lot of these pictures. This one's a very famous one. 1943, U.S. Army Sergeant, he ends up looking down, he sees this, he takes a picture of it. Another one, 1949, U.S. Defense Agency ends up taking a very similar picture where they call it the arc Anomaly, okay, the arc Anomaly. And they end up saying, hey, you know, maybe that's it right there. So you've got all these, all these people that are looking at the mountain, you know, and they're, when they're in the area, they're like, oh, that's, that's the mountain those arcs are supposed to be on. Hey, what's that over there? They call that arc fever. When you see something that you want to believe is what you're looking for, it'll come up more in some of these other stories that I'm going to end up telling you. Oh, here was another one, just kind of the same thing. This one, uh, another view from the 1949 flight. At least that's what it says over here. Flying parallel to Mount Ararat at 14,000 feet. U.S. Air Force plane on a low-level reconnaissance mission. First photographed the anomaly on June 17, 1949. Another one, 1953, a helicopter pilot ended up seeing something similar to one of these. Ends up taking pictures, and then he was killed in 1962, and the pictures were never found. So if you're looking for a cover-up mystery, there you go. You've got the makings of one right there. (laughs) All right. 1993, CBS TV special, The Incredible Discovery of Noah's Ark. A guy named George Jamal. I've got a picture of this guy. You're going to like this. George Jamal, this guy, 1993. He ends up telling a story that he went to visit Noah's Ark. He and his friend Vladimir. And he and Vladimir end up finding their way to the ark, and uh, they even take a chunk of it. They chip off a piece of wood and... Vladimir decides to take pictures of this this situation, you know, to kind of document it. And he's got his camera up, and he's backing up to get, you know, oh, no. the full view. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he falls and creates an avalanche as he's falling, and so the avalanche buries his friend Vladimir. But he's able to survive, and he takes his piece of wood, and he goes back and shows the world his piece of wood. And CBS makes a TV special that ends up having him on it. Found out the whole thing was a hoax. And his piece of wood, he's, by the way, an actor. He was an actor in Long Beach, I guess not finding enough work for recognition. He ends up uh, getting a piece of a railroad tie in Long Beach and uses that as his wood remnant of Noah's Ark. But it wasn't It wasn't enough to just have a piece of wood as a railroad tie. He decided to take it and cook it in his oven. I'm not making this up. Oh cook goodness. it in his oven, and it actually says here that he uh, had a special sauce that he put on it or something like that. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Later discovered taken from a railroad track in Long Beach and hardened by cooking, this is in quotes, hardened by cooking with various sauces in an oven. (laughs) All right, so you've got a piece of Noah's Ark made out of a piece of railroad tie. In 2003, satellite imagery of Mount Ararat, the photos capturing the attention of a Honolulu businessman. In 2004, Daniel McGiven offered $900,000 to fund an expedition to Greater Ararat, to uh, explore that Ararat anomaly, some of those pictures that I showed you there. Uh, The Turkish authorities, though, refused him permission to explore because it's a restricted military zone. As I mentioned earlier, and as you can see on this map, this is right near the border of a lot of countries, and not all these countries get along. So there is tension often in this area. So not only would an arc search in this area on this mountain have to be concerned with the elements the weather it's going to be very cold there's going to be snow there might be rain there's thunderstorms there's often fog there's often lightning we've got blizzard conditions we've got avalanches we've got glaciers to be concerned with they've got all these things going oh and it's a volcano so there's often still earthquakes and now you've got people that are mad at each other and this is where they all come together this is their border so it's not uncommon for people to go on an expedition up mount ararat and end up getting shot at or end up getting taken as prisoners and claim to be spies. They end up saying, you're a spy. So um, when this was Russia, they would arrest people and say, you're a spy for Turkey. And then Turkish people would take them and, you're a spy for Russia. And they're like, we're just trying to climb Mount Ararat and Mm -hmm. find the ark. Mm -hmm. All right, so you've got all these. Oh, and not to mention, you've also got wolves. Wolves that live on the mountain and are also looking (laughs) for people to to devour. So you've got all kinds of stuff going on in that region. There's actually a lot of people that have made multiple trips into this area, one of which is Colonel James Irwin, the former astronaut. He's actually made trips to Mount Ararat looking for Noah's Ark. And one of these trips, he ends up getting injured because of a rock slide, and he gets hit on the head by a rock and is seriously enough injured that it kind of shut down that that adventure. On another trip, he's kidnapped. So a lot of adventures going on Um, looking for Noah's Ark. Some of the more prominent areas on Mount Ararat that are often explored are the Ahora Gorge, that's on the west side of the mountain, the North Canyon, that's where Colonel James Irwin was injured, and the Abic 2 Glacier, all right? So that's Mount Ararat. Unfortunately, as we've seen in the text, it doesn't limit our search to one place. It's mm-hmm. not Mountain of Ararat or Mount Ararat, it's the Mountains of Ararat, all right? So that obviously broadens the area. Well, with the understanding that the area is broadened then, people aren't concerned about looking for the Ark in other places. And one such place, this is uh, by a guy, Ron Wyatt, in the 1980s and 90s, ends up proposing that he found the Ark in a different place, which is right there. All right, So it's 18 miles from Mount Ararat, a little bit south of, of there. This place, I can show you a picture here of what it looks like that he saw. And some of you might have seen pictures of this. This is the Duru-Pinar area. No
1: snow.
0: No snow. It's lower elevation. Duru-Pinar. Okay. So his proposal was that this is Noah's Ark. It's ravaged by time. It's ravaged by the elements. And in fact, it's been moved downhill somewhat by a mudslide. And that there's a rock kind of in the middle of this. You can kind of see right here. And the rock has kind of um, compromised the structure, the integrity of the structure a little bit. Mm. If you look at it, it looks almost more football-shaped than it does like a rectangle. His proposal is that the, the sides have actually laid out, all right, that they've flattened out outward. Okay, so that's his proposal. This is the duru Pinar area of Turkey. In fact, he got an official in that area who's got some clout to kind of back him a little bit. And so they ended up putting up a road sign to help you find your way... To Noah's Ark. Oh, that's funny. All right, so they've got the road sign there. They've, they've also got a visitor center. So if you pull up <laughs> the hill, you're greeted by a visitor center that has some windows that you can look out and see the Noah's Ark that's down there. It uh, it hasn't always looked nice. Sometimes a visitor center ends up being a little bit in disrepair. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not ski though. This is still in Turkey. There's actually, if you want to watch it, he's actually got it here. This is in in his video as well. You can watch this video. In this video, I told Dave about this. I'm going to show you a still shot. All right. So here's a picture. This is is a picture of kind of a ceremony of sorts that they're going to have to kind of open this to the public. I think this was the building of the Visitor Center. Ron Wyatt, in another one of these pictures, is going to be the first person to shovel a, a load of cement, I think, into that foundation. In fact, here's that picture here. But if you look at these pictures one are the things I want to show you is just kind of strange it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with what we're talking about but if you see in this picture what's the main thing your eyes drawn to in that picture? The goat. The goat. Right. You're like why is the goat here at the ceremony? What does that have to do with anything? Well, it's actually the footage is in there and the still picture shows it here. They're sacrificing the goat. Oh. Just to the edge of your screen. They're sacrificing that, it. and it's right there and they're not even making apologies. You're watching you're like, "Oh my goodness, they're cutting that goat's neck." <laughs> So it's kind of interesting. That was their opening ceremony. I guess everybody had a good time except the go. <laughs> so that's the Durupinar area of Turkey. Tell you a little bit about this. All right, so Ron Wyatt ends up finding, and the story goes, that he's riding in a taxi cab, and he's praying, God help me to find Noah's Ark. And the taxi cab breaks down. And so while the taxi guy is out trying to work on his car to see what he could do about fixing it, Ron Wyatt ends up getting out of the car and exploring and ends up finding this. And he goes, Thank you, God. You helped me find Noah's (laughs) Ark. And so he ended up getting some people to come out there, including the former astronaut, Colonel James Irwin. Colonel James Irwin comes out, John Morse comes out, a bunch of people come out and inspect the area. Almost to a man, they all say, This is not Noah's Ark. Even though it has generally the right dimensions, as far as length, good to go. Width, all right, we'll fudge it a little bit saying you say that the sides collapsed. All right, we'll go with that. It's mud and rocks. Like digging down, you can't find any. Yeah, there's nothing there. If you look at this picture here where the arrow is pointing, Ron Wyatt is proposing that what you see that you think are rocks are actually not rocks. They're actually petrified wood. It's the side of the ark. The problem is he submitted them to a lab, or claims to have submitted them to a lab, but he won't show anybody the results. They also took a metal detector and went out there, and they were looking with a metal detector to see if they could find anything. Ron Wyatt (laughs) says they found an ancient rivet. An ancient rivet. And in fact, there's a picture, I don't have it here, but it has his hand about to pull this ancient rivet out of the dirt, or out of the mud. And that one was inspected, it's a basalt rock, it's not a rivet. There's a lot more uh, that goes along with that. One of them is that they use this device along the same lines of a metal detector, but not as much science behind that device. They end up finding and mapping out where apparently there are metal ribs under the, the dirt, under the mud. But it turns out there's nothing there. They were using kind of like what you would in uh, old times picture a water witch. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of along the same lines as that. All right. So they've gone out with more sophisticated machines and haven't been able to confirm any of that. It's in disrepute now, and that's kind of why the visitor center in some of those pictures looks bad. So this was in the 80s, early 90s. And then it came out, oh, it's not real. And then the visitor center ends up looking like that. Oh, but time goes by, and people forget as time goes by, and so we can have a nice new visitor center today that we can go see and still the claims of Noah's Ark. Another one, Mount Judy, right here, in association with Josephus and also the Quran mentions Noah's Ark in the area of Mount Judy. So you can see there it's near some borders of Iraq, Syria, and Turkey. All right, so again, you've got issues with that, but there's people that would say that's where you're supposed to be looking for Noah's Ark, not in those other places up there. All right, how about another one? How about Mount Suleiman in the Alvarez Mountains of Iran? That's right here. Bob Cornuke is a guy that ends up leading a search for Noah's Ark. He's with the Bible Archaeology Search and Exploration, or the Base Institute. All right, they ended up finding some things that got them excited. One of the things that they ended up seeing was what they claimed was petrified wood, as well. Kind of like the other story, it turned out to be rock. So they're not saying it's Noah's Ark, but they're they're keeping um, hopes that it might be. But as it is, it doesn't look like it's turning out to be that way. Another one, Kui Alvand Mountain. I Alvand Mountain. All right, this one. The story is a guy who was in the military, ends up have, he has a driver, and the driver says, Hey, I can get you to where Noah's Ark is. And they end up going there, and he describes a very easy hike up to Noah's Ark and ends up spending some time uh, walking around inside Noah's Ark and seeing the pens for the animals and whatnot. But not a whole lot uh, other than just his testimony about that. Not much else in the press. One of the things, though, to notice about these over here, each each of these use as their support for their location a, a verse from Genesis chapter 11, verse 2. Somebody mind reading that?
1: And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there.
0: Okay, excellent, Bianca. To provide some context, then, regarding this passage, what they're saying is, if you read Genesis 11, 2... This is Noah and his sons when they leave the ark. And they're saying, what direction do they travel? It says they travel from the east. So that puts them going west. As they go west, they go to where? Where does it say they go? Shinar. Shinar, right? Or the plain of Shinar. The plain of Shinar is considered to be this area here. So these people are saying, if you look at Genesis 11:2, ours are better candidates because it has the people going this way as opposed to south. They're saying, how about we start with the known place, the plain of Shinar, and we work backwards. If they came from the east, then the location of the Ark has got to be somewhere east. All right, one more. And this is, by all means, not an exhaustive list. This is just some of the better candidates. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, another one here, Mount gir kumar in northern Iraq. I'm going to put a peg right there. This one is recently as 2014. In 2014, there was an article of the find of Noah's Ark in northern Iraq, in that area. And this picture here, though, this is the only picture that I've been able to find of their find of Noah's Ark. Any issues? (laughs)
1: Looks
0: really tiny.
1: Is that a person up in the right hand? (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: a person up there. It's it's actually like four people up there. Mm -hmm. It looks really tiny.
1: It might be a boat, but not... (laughs) Right, right that's what I was thinking. What is this, a fishing boat? You can't fit all the animals up.
0: Apparently, the article goes on to say, though, that it was much bigger than this is actually showing, that it actually has dimensions similar to what the ark has, but there are no other pictures, and I found nothing else outside of this article about this find. So if you look up there, you see that there's pins all over the Middle East, basically, (laughs) as to where Noah's ark might be. Who knows where it is, right? So if the question comes down to where is Noah's ark, I would say this. We don't know. Who knows? We don't know. It's not conclusive right now. All right. There is a Jewish tradition that the ark was actually dismantled, that it was dismantled by Sennacherib. He started the dismantling of it and taking relics, taking pieces to be used as relics in idol worship, and then also concluded in, by Haman in 486 to 465 the destruction of the ark. So there's that proposal that the ark doesn't even exist anymore. And that's a real possibility. You could have that it was torn up. You could have that it was hauled off. You could have it was destroyed by earthquakes. It could have been destroyed by an avalanche. It could have been destroyed by any number of things. It might not exist anymore. Or it might be buried under the snow waiting for the day that God wants to reveal it to the world. Because if you think about it, what is finding the ark going to do? All right, well, I guess you have to ask at what level? For me personally, my faith isn't going to be stronger because of an ark. I already know in whom I believe. All right? I'm already fully convinced in God's word and in my relationship with my Lord. But for somebody who's on the fence, it would make a world of difference for them. And if somebody is a skeptic, is it going to make a difference for them or not? Hmm. I don't know. Here, I would refer to you Luke 16, verses 19 through 31. Let's start off with verse 20. Well, let's read the whole thing. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid out of his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So would the finding of Noah's ark change the hearts and the minds of the people that are scoffers and skeptics? Well, it sounds like, not for everybody, that's for sure, that there are going to be people who, it doesn't matter if somebody rises from the dead and brings them good news, they're not going to hear it. So finding Noah's Ark wouldn't change their minds. all right. So for some people, it could make a difference. For others, it might not. And for others, it doesn't need to. all right. Yes, Steve.
1: Along those lines, uh, I had a class, biblical criticism class I took, and it talks about you know, the New Testament, how many fragments and stuff, over 26,000 that we have of the New Testament. But we have <coughs> none of the original autographs. And he was talking about why do you think that is and it would go along with artifacts such as this because what do we tend to do when we have an artifact what do we tend to do if we get something we worship that object as opposed to worshiping what that object is supposed to be doing like uh, the book of romans if we had the original letter mm-hmm. would we read it and worship that or would we actually be worshiping it we'd come from millions of miles away just to go touch that thing so you know god in his wisdom keeps us from ourselves in those things too right yeah what would we do with that right (laughs) probably more than a
0: visitor center (laughs) yeah Yeah. they'd be taking money to give you a ticket to go up and touch it or something kiss it or something like that yeah you're absolutely right just just
1: a thought that he had had and i thought it was very accurate
0: there's plenty of people too nor shortage of people that would say well maybe this whole story is just a myth you know maybe this whole thing's just all made up for a person that would call themselves a, a Christian, though, you're in a tenuous place to be able to claim something like that. And here's why: because the company of people that would say that this was a real person and a real event, well, you've got names like Moses, <laughs> you've got Ezra, you've got Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Peter, and Luke, and the author of Hebrews, and Jesus Himself. That's the group that says we're in the camp. That sees Noah as a real person, the flood as a real event, the ark as an actual floating structure. All right. So for somebody in our modern day and age, thinking they're enlightened and thinking that they're going to say, I'm a Christian but I don't believe in the Noah's ark story, they're outside the camp where Jesus is. They're outside the place where Moses is, where Ezra is, and all these other names. Right. So it could be tempting to think, well, you know what, I'm just going to pacify my non-Christian friends, and what's it going to harm by me not believing in the story of Noah and the flood and the ark? Well, you're refusing to believe now something that was espoused and believed by people that were before us. So decide for yourself, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the message of the world? Ah, that's just made up. That's just a story. That's just fiction. That's just children's stories. Or are you going to believe the words of God? God's word says, this was real. This person was real. This event was real. And the ark was real. All right, let's close the prayer.
1: It's real. 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 That's real. That's right.
0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word challenges us to decide what side we're on. Are we on the side that believes your word, or are we on the side that rejects your word? Help us, Lord, to believe your word. When it comes down to confrontations, when it comes down to conflicts between choosing who to believe, help us always, Lord, to choose to believe you. Help us not to be swayed or tempted, Lord, to abandon ideas that we might think are old-fashioned or ideas that the world wants to sell us as being fanciful, figments of our imagination or myths. Help us instead, Lord, to say, no, I believe your word and I'm going to take it at face value. And help us, Lord, to be willing to live with the results of whatever comes for holding that position. Because, Lord, really, we're not here to please men. We're here to please you. Help us, Lord, to please you. In Jesus' name, amen.